Hello and welcome to Big Streaming Pile. I am your host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. And I'm Tom Goldwood. Alright, so today we are talking about Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a Netflix original movie that came out this year. So this, of course, is our Christmas special. <laughs> I like Christmas movies a lot. Do you like Christmas movies, Thomas? Um, not really. I like Home Alone. Yeah, that's that's a good Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Um, I my favorite is White Christmas, which you got me on Blu-ray last mm, year for Christmas. I did, yeah. Yeah. I also like um The Grinch. Which one? The that's... like originally the animated with oh, your okay. main one, Mr. Grinch. I think that they all have that song. Do they? I don't know. I haven't seen the others. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I think the Jim Carrey one is good, but we're not talking about the Jim Carrey one because I think that's a good movie, though it is on Netflix, and so is the bad one with Benedict Cumberbatch, which we're not talking about. Wait, there's one with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. It came out, like, last year. It's the... It's it's also animated, but it's, like, computer animated. Oh, that's right. That was a Mm -hmm. good one. I don't think, like, anyone saw it, but I think that it had, like, bad reviews. Yeah. I don't know. I... We're already super off top. That's okay. Yeah. It's Christmas. We can do whatever we want. It's fine. So if you would like to treat yourself for Christmas, <laughs> you can go to audibletrial.com slash bigstreamingpile, and you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible and a free audiobook. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to spend any money on yourself, and you still get, like, a little present. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, that is audibletrial.com slash bigstreamingpile. And, all right, let's talk about Night Before Christmas. It was directed by Monica Mitchell. It was written by Kara J. Russell. And it was also produced by Vanessa Hudgens, and she stars in it, which I was, like, excited to see. Mm-hmm. because That's she, really interesting. Yeah. She does a lot of, like, kind of bad movies, mm-hmm. but I always like her in the movie, yeah, even yeah. if I don't like the movie. Like, I think she's a good actress. Like, it's interesting. This was, like, her passion project, apparently. Yeah, she just wanted to do, like, a Hallmark-style yeah. Christmas yeah. movie. And, like, you know what? The world is better for it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's run through this movie. Let's run through this plot. All right. So, Night Before Christmas, that's night with a K. Yeah. Because we are in 13th century Europe, and we have a knight. Well, it's 14th century, because it's the 1300s. Oh, I always get those mixed up. Yeah, you just you just add one. Yeah. <laughs> I always, like, I, I was trying to say 1300s, yeah. and I was it's trying easy, to yeah. not say 13th century, and then I said 13th century like an idiot. <laughs> um... I always would get those. I, in college, I just had teachers who just, like, knew what I meant, but would tell me That's to, fair. like, go back and do it whenever I would talk about, yeah. like, 20th century literature or whatever. I would write 19th and, like, get myself mm-hmm. all backwards. But anyway. Well, especially bad. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just mix it up because I think about it, like, a step too much because yeah. I know I'm supposed to add one, but then I, like, am, like, is that what I'm supposed to do, or is it the other way? But anyway, yeah. Night Before Christmas. So we are in the 1300s. Mm-hmm. 1334, I think. It's something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have a knight, Sir Cole. Mm-hmm. And they are going... They're doing something in the woods. I forget what it is. It's like a Christmas hunt or something. It's like a, it's like a falconing thing. 
So it didn't I don't know. seem to me like it had much to do with what I understand falconing to be. We just watched the movie and we don't yeah. remember, so it's not important. Um, but it's like a competition. Like they go into the woods and do something. Yeah, they go into the woods There's and do a falcon something. Involved. And uh, they're all on horses. They're all on yeah. horseback. And Sir Geoffrey, who is Sir Cole's brother, is going to be knighted on mm-hmm. Christmas Day. So they're pretty like excited about that. And until mm-hmm. then, they're just doing knight stuff. And um, Sir Cole goes off the beaten path for reasons that are not explained. And he's going through the woods, and he meets an old crone who asks for his help. And he tells her that he's going to get her back to the castle and get her a warm meal and stuff. And uh, she gives him a, a glowing medallion and says that he has to prove his true knighthood by midnight Christmas Eve. Or else, he, I think he was going to be stuck. Was the well, threat? So, I mean, at that point, he didn't like. She didn't say what it was. She just said, "You have to fulfill your quest by midnight." Yeah, you have to fulfill your quest by midnight. And and like part of this universe, I guess, is that every knight has like a true quest to become a true knight. Yeah. So it's not like like you are knighted by the king. But then, like, but then you a crone gives you an additional quest. Yeah, and, yeah, or someone. I guess maybe it is always a crown. It seemed to be pretty familiar. He with wasn't. The trope. Yeah, he <laughs> wasn't like super phased by this. He like he was just like, oh, okay, yeah. like this is going on. Um, so he was sent to the year two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. which is this year. Or mm-hmm. if you're listening to this next year, it was it was last year. Yeah. But, um, so he was sent to two thousand nineteen in a little quaint Christmas village in a town in Ohio, and I thought that the town was Bainbridge, which is a real town that's about 30 minutes away from us, but it's actually Bracebridge, yeah. which is not a real yeah, place. Yeah, it's a fictional place. Um, it is Ireland slash Canada. <laughs> that's oh, that's yeah. where they shot the movie. Yeah. Um, so it's this like quaint little Christmas village, and I guess that that's why everyone's just like cool with him showing up with like a sword and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he's just being a Christmas knight. You know, the Christmas nights that you see places next to Santa. Fairness, they did say several times it was called the Christmas Castle. No, the Christmas Castle. Yeah, that's curious. Mm -hmm. It's mostly just Santa and Mrs. Claus. And you see a knight later, but no one seems to really be paying attention to him, and he kind of, like, sucks. Um, but anyway, so he shows up there, and also Vanessa Hudgens, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Brooke, mm-hmm. is there, and she is there with her niece, and mm-hmm. what we have learned about Vanessa Hudgens already in the movie is that she is a teacher, and she does not think true love exists mm-hmm. for some reason, and I think it's supposed to be, like, she thinks that you shouldn't do it because... It'll stop you from reaching her goals, but that's also, like, a little weird because she seems to have, like, a very happy and successful family. Yeah, and also she doesn't really seem to have any goals. Yeah, she just, like, she's a teacher, Mm -hmm. and she seems, like, very happy being a teacher, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what these other goals are that she supposedly has that she thinks love will, like, stop her from getting, Mm -hmm. but she's also been scorned by her previous boyfriend who cheated on her. What a douche. What a douche. So she runs into our Christmas night and spills hot chocolate on Mm -hmm. him. Which he exclaims, what is this delicious mead? (laughs) Yeah. As he's, like, licking it off of his chest plate. Yeah. Um... And uh, she's kind of like, sorry, bye, and, and wanders away. 
and uh, gives her niece back to her sister. And as she's driving home, Sir Cole wanders into the street and she hits him with her car. And um, a cop immediately shows up and she admits very fast to this felony that she has just accidentally committed this, like, you know, potential yeah. vehicular manslaughter. So they, they just, like, take him to the hospital and he, he's still in his, like, ar- within his armor and mm-hmm. everything. And um, they do MRIs, and he's just he's just fine. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. that he got hit by a car because he was wearing full plate. Yeah. Um, which would hurt you more, honestly, because you're going to, like, um, it might diffuse some of it, but you're still, like, No, I definitely think you're hard. better off. You're um, better off, but I don't think it would be, like, nothing. I mean, it depends. Like, the impression I got was that she wasn't going that fast in the first place. Like, maybe, yeah. like, 2025. Because it was, like, snowing pretty bad, and she seemed to wear. So I took it as she sort of, like... Just bumped him. Bumped him, and, like, with the armor and everything, like, he's not going to take much of a big hit initially. And then if he lands, like, the armor's also going to kind of protect him. Um, So to me, it was, like, plausible that... And and plus, like, underneath, like, the metal armor, they usually have, like, leather pads and stuff. Yeah. So to me, it was, like, pretty plausible that he'd be, like... But the armor would not still be intact, I don't think. It would be, like, pretty dinged and dented, like... That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. probably it wouldn't be like this perfect shiny armor that he has later on. You'd see like a clear like ding in it. That seems fair. Like her license plate imprint. <laughs> yeah. So they should have had you on this movie. Continuity yeah, right I now. know. Um, I could have <laughs> called all my friends who do like LARP and uh, various things and yeah. asked them. And just, I mean, honestly, knowing most of them, should have just dressed up a dummy in armor and hit it with a car. <laughs> Honestly, knowing the people that I know who, like, own Full Plate, they would have just tested it. They would have stood in the road and had their friend hit them with their car, (laughs) and then they would have reported back to me. It would have been, we would have known, but they return him to Vanessa Hudgens, weirdly enough. Like, she's just Mm -hmm. like, I'll take him home and take care of him, and everyone's just like, Well, it's a little bit more justified, because, like, the officer's like, we're going to take him back to the station... And she's like, oh, no, like, I feel bad. I hit him. Like, I have, like, a guest house he can stay at. It's fine. And also she's, like, f- like the officer was clearly, like, a friend of her father's. Yeah. So I think it, it set this up to feel reasonable and plausible. Especially because, like, in a small town, like, you know, like, she knows people. Everyone yeah. knows that she's okay. Just, and just erase yeah, those at least misdemeanors, I think. <laughs> Which I think is, like, fair. Yeah. You know? We should do that more often. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this medieval night's probably not going to press charges. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did um, appreciate about the movie was how they just let, like, the most awkward pieces of it play out off-screen very quickly. Yeah. Because, like, they do about, like, ten minutes of, like, awkward, like, we, the audience, know he really isn't night because we literally mm-hmm. see him in yeah. medieval England, and, and, like, obviously no one else thinks that is a thing. But what they do is that while he's in the hospital, he just kind of, like, tells everyone. Yeah, so they all have, they're all, they all already know yeah. that he thinks that he's a medieval knight, and they're all just like, wow, that's weird, okay, yeah. we'll try to, like, get him better. Yeah, and they figure his memory will come back. But we are, yeah. like, blessedly saved from, like, the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was I was very grateful that they, like, really limited, like, the super awkward part and, like, just cut straight to, like, he thinks he's a knight, everyone else knows he thinks he's a knight, everyone else is basically chill about it. 
Yeah. And he we seems just like let he's it, having and the story a good just goes time, on, yeah. right? Um, so they they give him all his stuff, and he's just like wearing like a sweatshirt and sweatpants yeah. now because they have him all out of his medieval mm-hmm. stuff. And they did give him his sword back, and at first I thought like. Why would they let this man who is potentially concussed just, like, have this sword? And then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, they'd probably give that back. That, like, sort yeah. of makes sense. Yeah. That they would just... I would think that they would peace tie it, though. Just, like, zip lock well, it together. the hospital would know about peace tie as, like, a thing. I, I mean, they might, like, do something. Someone there LARPs. <laughs> That's Someone fair. there's been to a yeah. medieval fair. And it's not, you don't do anything special to peace tie. You True. literally just yeah, zip lock it. Zip lock, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not imagining you put it in a Ziploc bag, which is funny to me. No. <laughs> or zip tie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not Ziploc. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah, that's fair. We're not going to edit this out later. <laughs> nope. No edits. Christmas special, just let it fly. Yeah. Um, so they just, you know, let let her, let her take him home, and mm-hmm. uh, she does... Is that when the shower part happens after she's taking him taking him home, or is that the next night? No, it's that night. Okay, so he goes and gets a shower. Yeah. He wants he wants like a bath. He asks her yeah. for a bath specifically, yeah. and she's like, "Well, take a shower, like figure yeah. it out." And um, he comes out in just a towel, yeah. and this is the part from the trailers where she's like. I'm I'm up checking him out and mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens plays this so perfectly yeah. and that's why I love her in these types of movies yeah. because like with a lesser actress this would be so dumb and awkward but it's mm-hmm. just like it's pretty funny with her yeah <laughs> like she plays like, she's it like well. playing it pre- like what's funny is that she plays it pretty cool but then like as she's leaving like you see her do like this perfect little like over the shoulder like like back, check him out and, yeah like, checking out like mm, and even yeah. when he walks in and just the towel she has that perfect like I'm just gonna keep smiling yeah. and accept this yeah. face. Um, Although the, what I do find funny is that the trailer was cut to strongly imply that, that he, he was, was naked. naked. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, he is wearing he's a just towel. With a towel. So that they cut the trailer for maximum titillation there. Yeah, yeah. which would have been funny. It would have been, but, but um, have he's, he's modest. Character. No, yeah. he's he's like a fairly modest yeah. guy, you know. So, so then they do various things where like uh, she's trying to show him like Alexa, and he goes outside and starts a bonfire and is trying to mm-hmm. like kill a skunk in her yard. Yeah, and she's just like, no, we'll just take you to the diner, mm-hmm. and uh, they do, and he's yelling like. Wench, bring yeah. me more hot cocoa and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. And then uh, her ex boyfriend walks in, and he is with the girl that mm-hmm. he cheated on her with. And oh, and she has dressed up Sir Cole in the ex boyfriend's clothes yep. that he has left there. So mm-hmm. he's wearing this like weird Christmas sweater, and mm-hmm. it's it is and like of course cute. <laughs> Cole wants to like go duel the ex boyfriend. Yeah, which like. If I was Brooke, I would have let him. I was like, <laughs> let's see where this is going. Yeah, I would have been like, you can't have the sword. Because I wouldn't mm. want him to, like, you know, actually mm. kill this dude. But Just, like, take it out back. Let him. Yeah, just, out. like, just see where it goes. Just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you can always stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he doesn't. He just, they just get, like, a lot of hot chocolate and go mm-hmm. home. And uh, they're playing with Alexa some more. 
So it turns into sort of a product placement, particularly with like Amazon, because he's playing with Alexa, Mm -hmm. who he calls Lady Alexa Play. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's trying to get her, well, after Vanessa Hudgens leaves, he's trying to get Alexa to like tell him where his horse is and stuff. But hilariously, she just keeps playing different Christmas carols. And then he gets um, really enamored with the television. And he, <laughs> I actually think it's like a pretty funny moment. He like sits down just like wide-eyed. And right before it cuts to the next scene, you see this like eye twitch, like as he unblinkingly stares yeah. at the television. Um, but the next day, Vanessa Hudgens's sister comes over, Madison, and she is asking her about, like, this night that she has presumably been told about. And uh, she has brought over baked goods for him. And he comes out and says that he didn't sleep because he was watching TV all night. Um, and then some stuff happens. What happens next, Tom? <laughs> um, so the baked goods. And then they sit and they watch TV together. Oh, yeah they, <laughs> they, yeah. they watch a lot of TV. And they both fall asleep. Yeah. And it's pretty cute because they've, got, they've yeah. got all that chemistry. Yeah. And, and she ends um, up, like, while she's asleep, like, her head ends up on his shoulder. Scandal. Yeah. And then he has, like, the weird dream with the crown. And he gets, like, right. further clues. Yeah, he yeah. gets more clues as to, like, what he's supposed to do is mm-hmm. about his weakness. Yep. Which we hadn't heard yet. Which we hadn't heard yet. It's about his weakness. Mm-hmm. And, um... He wakes up knowing that he... Well, he doesn't know what his weakness is. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't feel like he has an obvious weakness. So he has to figure that out mm-hmm. and, like, do some night stuff, mm-hmm. which we do see as the movie continues. So we mm-hmm. learn that Vanessa Hudgens is real into uh, giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. She hosts this uh, Christmas Eve dinner mm-hmm. that just, like, anyone can go to, and they sell tickets, and... Um, the money from the tickets goes to charity, mm-hmm. you know, charity TM, the charity. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a potluck style, like everyone's bringing stuff and uh, there's like moments of her bringing him around and everyone's like reacting to mm-hmm. him in uh, different ways. And all the while this is happening, this like setup for the party, he does a couple different nightly things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one is that... He saves her niece, so like mm-hmm. her his her niece and the niece, the niece is like friends, best friend yeah. who is uh, her father has just lost mm-hmm. his wife, her mother, and um, they don't have a lot of money to go around. So like you know, there's this cute little scene where she's like, "Oh, I'm not wearing my gloves because they don't keep my hands warm anyway," and then the niece very generously gives her her own gloves because she has like other gloves that you know whatever mm-hmm. um but the two of them wander off they say they got lost in the snow but they were just they, like, in really their yard <laughs> they went yeah. to a park and they like went through the woods to a park which is like it's a hell of a wander yeah what i assumed was that they were trying to go to the park yeah um, which they weren't supposed to be doing. So, like, it wasn't, like, totally accidental. Like, they were breaking the rules, and then yeah. it just got out of hand. That's how I yeah. it. But they end up uh, down with a little lake or river or creek or something. Little pond. A little pond. And um, it's iced over, and the, the niece is, like, in the middle of the pond, mm-hmm. but the ice is cracking, and if she moves, yeah. it might, like, you know, she might fall mm-hmm. in, and that's obviously very dangerous. So Cole very gallantly 
gets on his stomach, you know, that whole, like, you know, if you're on cracking ice, you just, like, spread out to better distribute your weight, and he tells her to be a snail, and he mm-hmm. snails over to her, and she snails over to him, and he mm-hmm. puts her back on the bank, and it's, like, all fine, and it's cute, and they bring her back, and everyone's, like, very happy about this, and, uh, then <laughs> there's this whole sequence where, um, Cole and Brooke go to the store and in the store I actually thought this was pretty funny like it was like a funny scene like he's like adding more and more just like giant tubs of hot chocolate mm-hmm. to her cart and she's telling him like what they need for the party and he's like testing he's she's just eating the, yeah. the bread yeah. <laughs> and uh She's like, you can't do that. He's like, oh, it's terrible. I will make your bread. Yeah. And she's like, I can't bake. He's like, that doesn't matter. I will do it. Mm-hmm. But then it cuts to both of them doing it. So yeah. I'm like, that's not like totally accurate. But he tells her that they're going to put a bean in the bread. And mm-hmm. whoever gets the bean will be able to make a Christmas wish. Mm-hmm. And um, so they do that. And obviously that's setting up for later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some other stuff happens, we don't need to really get into it, but they have the Christmas dinner, and it's, like, pretty cute, and they do this, like, very strange public display where they give the father, who's, like, less fortunate, and all his children, like, the Christmas gifts, all the money goes Mm -hmm. to him, and everyone's, like happy and were we supposed to take it that like all the money they raised went to him or were we supposed to take it as it was just like a nice gift see i took it as like the tickets all were gonna go to like the charity because the thing but like people had like as like a side operation done done through him that's how i took it but i also just assumed that like she's operating like an ethical non-profit sort of thing and not just doing whatever the hell she wants with the money I don't think that she was like operating a nonprofit because she said it goes to charity. She didn't say it goes to my charity. Well, yeah, but like if you're doing like a fundraiser sort of thing like that, then it needs to be like chartered somehow, if for no other reason, like tax purposes and stuff. Like you need to have like something going on there. You can't, you don't want to just like do it. <laughs> we need to call Vanessa Hudgens. Also, yeah. like, I don't know. I think that that's almost sort of the small town way like I grew up in kind of like a similar similarly small town and I don't know I feel like people just sort of did that maybe not no, to like it that always scale like run through some institution I mean usually it'll be like a church or something or like a Masonic temple there'll, there'll be like some sort of like ongoing nonprofit sort of like institution that will tend to like such activity will funnel through it so even if it's like a person organizing it they'll tend to like it will sort of be organized under like some organizational banner for various purposes. We need to call Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> this is a plot See hole. if she's thought this through. Yeah. Vanessa. Get cinema sins on the cases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we Vanessa, need, like, we need your tax identification yeah. number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, they give the money and some gifts to this person and the people who have been dressed up like Santa and Mrs. Claus at the Christmas castle, like kind of, play it and they're like oh we brought your gifts here instead of to your house for some reason Mm -hmm. and the kids just sort of accept it and they're pretty Mm -hmm. pleased about it um i did want to say we missed uh, his other act of like knightly valor unless we're unless there's a different order than i'm remembering no i think that comes oh maybe that does come i think it comes before the feast yeah 
Okay, so yeah. I think I think that might be like the night before the feast. Yeah. Um. So backtracking slightly here. Yeah, because he keeps going back to the Christmas castle mm-hmm. because that's where he first showed up. So he's mm-hmm. like wondering if there's like extra clues there or mm-hmm. something like that, and um, a woman who is involved with this dinner that they have met before is there, and she gets her purse taken. Mm-hmm by uh, a pickpocket who is also one of Vanessa Hudgens' students. And um, Cole chases him down and steals, like, a rubber LARP sword from the guy who was the actual Christmas night at the Christmas castle and tackles this (laughs) child and uh, is like, let's cut off his hands. And everyone's just like, maybe not, but, you know, let's give the purse back. And then they show them arresting this kid, and he's just like, as long as the crazy sword guy's not there, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, so, yeah, they, they arrest a student. But also, importantly, that student is uh, the ex-boyfriend of a, the girl at the beginning of the movie who Vanessa Hudgens was saying, like, true love doesn't exist, too. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was the first time that yeah. we see him. He's just, like, named, and then she, like, says his name in, in shock as she realizes who it is. Mm. Um, oh, I, like, missed that connection. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the... Yeah. So you're, it's supposed to, like, further imply that he's, like, really he's skeevy. Like yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that is, so, okay, so moving forward again, mm. they are at the Christmas Eve dinner. It is all going very well. Um, there's no problems, really. Like, it just sort of works. And, um, oh, we forgot to mention the neighbor. So next door is a girl that Brooke went to high school with named Allison. This is framed as she was awarded biggest flirt in the yearbook. So I think we actually had very different reads on her. Because my read from the very beginning was that she was perfectly nice. And well, I think Brooke. it's supposed to be a subversion. So I think that we see her flirting when she's like, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, who's this? And and Vanessa Hudgens is just like, oh, it's just like a family friend. He plays like the night, and she's like a little bit flirty with it. And Vanessa Hudgens reacts like with anger towards yeah. this because it goes. We can talk about this more later, but it goes into the theme that she thinks that there's always something nefarious with true love. You know, mm. like being interested in someone else is like inherently nefarious somehow um and then later at the christmas party this neighbor comes back up and and to be clear she hasn't like done anything she's just she's just like said hello she was like flirting Mm -hmm. a little bit with him but Mm -hmm. she comes back up at the christmas party with some mistletoe and she's kind of like flirty like oh mistletoe like Mm -hmm. that's what we do with it and he's he's kind of like uh you know not really feeling it and he keeps looking at Brooke and she notices this and she's like oh this seems like there's someone else you would mm-hmm. rather do this with and she hands him this tone just walks away and it's fine mm-hmm. so i think it's a pretty purposeful purposeful like subversion of that trope of like yeah. there is this like you know slutty next door neighbor who's going to steal your man See, i never heard, i never read like slutty i read like man stealer i didn't like ever get like slutty i like she was dressed like very like, i am exaggerating okay, okay yeah okay. i'm i'm being like my head just like didn't even go there i guess no it, it, it's meant to be like you know steal your man like yeah. uh like what's her name from desperate housewives who like you know is like, I was like, oh, like, you should come over for hot cocoa at my mm-hmm. house sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just, it's just, she was like, she wanted to, 
have some hot chocolate with a hot night. I mean, yeah. like, that's... Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So did Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. you know. I definitely do the thing, even that in the first scene where she shows up, it was framed as, like, Brooke needs to, like, get over this hangout. Um, it's definitely exaggerated, but I think that that goes with the trope of, like, you know, I think that we're meant to assume because Brooke has not problematically... Um, well, she has in a couple cases, but that's usually not examined super thoughtfully, and I thought it was in this movie. So I think that we are meant to assume, well, I think that we are meant to assume that she's being somewhat genuine in this, um, you know, like, oh, I don't like her, she's a man stealer, whatever. Yeah. And I think that the audience, knowing the genre, is supposed to be like, yeah, we don't like her. And then okay. I think that her later being perfectly fine is is a purposeful ex okay like so maybe this is like my like bit of lack of like genre convention but i didn't like get the vibe well i got the vibe that like the movie was telling me that brooke doesn't like this person Mm -hmm. but i didn't get the vibe that the movie was telling me not to like this person i don't think that the movie was telling you not to like her i think that the movie was letting you decide to not like her too okay. to be like yeah br- sure i'm on brooke's side yeah. you know whatever. i was not on brooke's and side to not... i thought brooke was being silly okay <laughs> well but, um, but the movie explicitly like calls that in yeah, like the very yeah. next thing is you know the knight saying like wow like you know your ex really did a number on your self-esteem and, yeah yeah and like it's just like that's what it's like about <laughs> like yeah, no, and I think that that's, and I think that that's, like, like, good. Like, I like that they did that. I mm-hmm. thought that was, like, mm-hmm. a clever yeah. thing that the movie did. Okay. Um, so they're back home, and it's, it's getting closer and closer to midnight, mm-hmm. and they keep, like, almost kissing, but, mm-hmm. like, turning away, and, like People um, keep walking in. Yeah, people keep walking in, interrupting them, um, and they go back to the Christmas castle, and, he kisses her and he kind of like realizes that that's what he needed to do he Mm -hmm. needed to have like nightly love Mm -hmm. and um he's like oh i've done it i can go home isn't that great and she's like what no also all this takes place over like a week yeah (laughs) so um yeah that sucks like i liked cold too he was cool yeah um, so, uh, he, there's, like, all this blue smoke, and he goes mm-hmm. back to England mm-hmm. in the 1300s, mm-hmm. and, uh, he is just in time for his brother's knighting, but then we're back in 2019, and Vanessa Hudgens is sad. She is not having a good time. She's, like, trying not to cry, and, like, understandably, and it's, uh, she is eating leftovers, like, very sadly, and, um... She finds the bean and she wishes Cole was back. And also, like, she's playing with her Christmas tree. And earlier, um, there was this... They, they kind of explained to each other their Christmas traditions where Vanessa Hudgens, her parents would hide a little gift in the tree for her, like a little ornament, a little, like, token kind of thing that was handmade. And, um... His Christmas tradition was that he got an orange and a half penny. <laughs> so she gives him an orange and a half dollar mm-hmm. because there's not yeah. half pennies. And uh, he, she finds, you know, after uh, she's like sad eating, she finds a little ornament that he left for her and it's very cute. Um, so she finds a bean, which 
wishes Cole was back, and then it's Christmas morning, and she goes over to her sister's house, and they have been gifted a Christmas puppy through Christmas magic. <laughs> Which and is never explained. It's never explained, all. because, like, Cole isn't even there, yeah. so it's not like... It's just a puppy that appears. So it's not like he's, like, trying to instill the magic of Christmas into this child. Yeah. He is still in medieval times, yeah. <laughs> and, like, no one is fessing up to this puppy, so... I don't know. I don't know yeah. what was going on with the puppy, but it was, pre- it was a cute puppy. It was a cute puppy. Um, and everyone seems to basically roll with it. Yeah, because you can't, mm-hmm. like, just say no puppy. <laughs> like, you yeah. have to you have to commit to the puppy. You can't, like, break this child's heart on Christmas Day <laughs> and be like, someone broke into our house and, like, and literally a left a puppy. And yeah. we, like, clearly it was Santa, but we're taking it to the pounds. Like, yeah. hope it's a no-kill shelter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, so... Be right back, just dropping puppies off at kids' houses on Christmas Eve to see what happens. (laughs) This is how we get all the dogs adopted out. Just, like, go there and just... Yeah, because, like... dogs down the chimney and hope for the best. You can't spoil the Santa thing. (laughs) You just can't. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know... angry suit-covered dog just appears at, like, 12.04 (laughs) a.m. And he was, like, very cutely placed in the mm-hmm. stocking, but they didn't, obviously they didn't want to, like, hang the stocking, so it was on the yeah, ground, and yeah. that's how they, like, notices, mm-hmm. like, the stocking's missing. Yeah. Um, so they go to the Christmas castle, even though Vanessa Hudgens doesn't really want to, they're all like, no, let's go to the Christmas castle, it's so festive mm-hmm. on Christmas, and, like, the whole town is there, basically. Yeah. And uh, then we flash back to medieval times, mm-hmm. and uh, Cole is just in time for his brother's like knighting ceremony but he realizes that the whole thing is that he should be back in yeah. 2019 and his brother's totally cool with this he's just like yeah that's what a knight's supposed like, to do yeah, yeah the, the first thing is is love that you you what know a chill brother yeah like mm-hmm. go sir jeffrey we should all have a brother like sir jeffrey um mm-hmm. <laughs> so he uh, he goes to was just shouting crone crone and also he is shouting crone at random old women throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, which is Classy how move. I'm going to greet every old woman from now on. Yeah. Uh, so he he does and he's like, oh, I like realized it. You know, the first thing of being a knight is true love. Um, and she's like, you got it. Go back to your girl. And he shows up with his horse this time. He did not have yeah. his horse the first time. But you got it this time. Mm-hmm. And he shows up at the Christmas castle. And mm-hmm. everyone's very excited to see yeah. him, including Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, because everyone loves him at this point. Because he, like, I don't know, chased down a thief. He's He saved their daughter. Yeah, That's that was pretty, nice. and, and plus, like, he's just a cool yeah. dude. Like, he's like... Yeah, he, he seems like a nice guy. We'll yeah. get back to the weirdness of the scene with the thief later, I think. Yeah. Um, so Cole is like, do you want to ride on my horse? And Vanessa Hudgens is like, yes. Yeah. And the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but there is an after credit scene. It's after Sir Jeffrey's knighting ceremony, mm-hmm. and he goes outside, and mm-hmm. the crone is in the crowd, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to go like get some babes with his mm-hmm. night buddies presumably but the crone stops him and he's like yeah what's up i'll help you with whatever you need and then she has now a red amulet because uh cole's was blue but now yeah. his is red so presumably we're gonna get that story next uh, year that'll be like is this current like oh i'm wondering if this crone's thing is just like sending medieval knights to get like like 21st century pussy <laughs> <laughs> 
She just honestly best wingman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was uh, night before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am excited. I hope that they do a Fourth of July one where they tell Cole about yeah. the history of America and what they are celebrating. Yeah. Because here's going to be great. That would be exciting. That would be exciting. Because here's what's going to be amazing if that happens. Because I was literally talking about this while we were watching the movie, by the way, for for the listeners. As, like, he swore his allegiance to, like, the crown mm-hmm. of England. Mm-hmm. Since his whole, like, shtick is how, like, honorable and good he is. Like, I don't... There's, it's gonna be weird when, like, the crown of England is still, like, there. Yeah. But he's now essentially, like, in rebellion against his, like, sworn liege. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking all of his honor codes. <laughs> Here's the thing. Meghan Markle is an actress. They could have her, they could have Prince mm. Harry, and they could do like a really fun sequel where I feel like, like Netflix doesn't want to spend that kind of money on their Christmas cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, also in the yeah. Christmas cinematic universe, Aldovia is real and mm. they have the stupid acorn that they had yeah. in the uh, first yeah. Christmas Prince movie. Yeah. So where have... they hid the they hid the thing that they literally mm-hmm. needed for him to become prince Mm -hmm. this movie was a lot less stupid than a christmas prince because it was basically coherent and Mm -hmm. like a christmas prince people do stuff to be whimsical and that was like not really the case people did stuff to be like a little bit quirky and fun but it was not just like pure whimsy Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but there's now netflix is just quietly building its christmas cinematic universe i'm here for it i i love them Slightly less problematic than Hallmark. Yeah, yeah. That's Netflix's tagline now. Slightly Mm -hmm. less problematic than Hallmark. Um, But yeah, I am for the Meghan Markle and (laughs) Prince Harry sequel. Mm. Um, I feel like that would defeat the purpose of making goofy, low-budget Christmas movies. Well, I mean, Vanessa Hudgens was in High School Musical, and I mean... Meghan Markle was like she's best known for Suits and also Nick News with Linda Ellerby when she was like twelve. Like but now she's yeah, yeah, she's the Duchess of Sussex. Like I don't but... think they're gonna have her in a in a Netflix original. <laughs> you can dream right now. Yeah. Because I think that that would be, like, a fun way to explain it to Cole. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be the fun way to fun. do the 4th of July special. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Netflix is made up of cowards. <laughs> 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 Who don't mm-hmm. want to have the Duke and Dusset, uh, Duchess yeah. of Sussex do that. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's cowardice or just solid judgment. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, let's talk about the movie. Yeah. And also all Christmas movies, because this is our Christmas special. Mm, okay. So, um, what did you think? What are your thoughts? Well, should I just immediately go into, like, hot takes? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, what I was thinking throughout this is the way it plays into, like, the sort of romanticization of the medieval knights. Mm-hmm. Because... Thomas, how important was love to a 14th century medieval knight? Well, okay. So, there was this concept of, like, chivalric love that was a real thing. Mm -hmm. Played a role, especially in, like, the later medieval period, which is, like, when he's supposed to be from. So that is all real. Like, the chivalry thing was a thing. Um, It is obviously debated by historians how much it was, like 
purely literary versus like an actual thing people took any seriously. Mm -hmm. um, now, chivalric love is interesting because it's not like it's it's not super close to our modern concepts of like love and relationships. Yeah. Because like the sort of the model relationship in that sort of chivalric model was essentially like unrequited devotion was almost like um, held up as like the highest ideal. Okay. Um, so under that chivalric model of like courtly love, the person held up as like the ideal of virtue is like the the knight who's like unmarried um, and like professes absolute devotion to a woman who does not like requite his feelings. Mm -hmm. And he simply like lives a life in service to the lady he like cannot have. And that's like which, the ideal. Which did like kind of come up a yeah. little bit. You can tell that they were yeah. like had that on their mind. Oh, they didn't want to, like, make the movie about that. Yeah. Like, he kind of, like, accepts that as that's what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. When he goes back, he's like, I'm devoted f to you yeah. forever, but I have to go back to my own yeah. time. Yeah, and that's, like, another aspect of that chivalry is, like, the idea of, like, the conflicting demands on your honor and, like, you know, the honorable knight being, like, torn is, like, you know, definitely right. in there. I mean, I'm not, like, like the expert on, like, medieval, like, romance but genre, you didn't but... just Google all of that just now. <laughs> Thomas has a real life degree in history. I do, I do. So yeah, I I know something about this. I'm not, you know, the absolute expert or anything. I'm sure what I just described lacks some important nuance. And of course, that sort of thing is also what would evolve. You know, even things like that can evolve very rapidly over short periods of time sometimes. So it can be tricky to say, like, this is the whole medieval period. But, but I think that's useful to sort of have in mind as their concept of, like, love, and especially, like, chivalric love would be pretty different from how we would think about it. Right. Yeah. Now, I want to take this a step spicier. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah. So now we're going to get more into my own historical reading. I don't want any listeners to think this is, like, a consensus in history or anything. Okay. My view is that the way to understand the knightly class is, you know, they're a heavily armed group of thugs violently enforcing, like, the <laughs> oppressive social order. Yeah. And deploying chivalry as essentially, like, propaganda to justify mm. their violence. Okay. So, so there's definitely, like, to me... Like, obviously, like, I enjoy, like, the goofiness of this and, like, the romance of it. Mm -hmm. But there's also, like, the little bit of, like, actually, like, the knights were not your friends. Like, yeah. they were oppressors and very, very violent oppressors. And there is also that, like, small town insider stuff throughout the movie. So, like, you know, mm -hmm. this, this kid steals a purse and they arrest mm -hmm. him, whereas Vanessa Hudgens hits someone with her car and yeah. she's, like, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they do actually say at one point that Cole should become a cop. Yeah, which I think is extremely interesting. Yeah. Because certainly in many, like, leftist readings, like, we would, like, cops would be understood as essentially that same role as the Knights in the Middle Ages of essentially deploying violence to enforce oppressive social norms while also deploying propaganda to justify their sort of, like, elevated role in society. Right. I think that Cole should be a baker, which was his other plan. Yeah, I think that's a better idea than being a cop. I think that he should be a baker and, like, an amateur detective, like, Murder, She Wrote style. <laughs> and I hope that they turn that into a series because I would watch it. I would yeah. binge it. But I did think that the, the movie at least briefly grappled with the ideas I was talking about, where 
like this kid steals like a lady's like wallet basically out of her pocket. It's like a pocketbook. Like it's a like, pocketbook. like yeah. a little purse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like like a big like like it's something right. that fit in her pocket. It looks like. Or in the back of her jacket, maybe? I'm not sure where well, it was. Well, it was a clutch. She was holding it. Oh, she was holding it. Okay, yeah. that, that makes sense. Okay. So, but this kid does this, and then... And he's, like, obviously a kid. Like, you would not yeah, look yeah, at this person and yeah. be like, that is a grown man. Yeah. He, like, obviously is, like, an early teen. Yeah, yeah. And then this knight's reaction was to, like, chase him down, grab him. a sword, which was a rubber sword in this case, but, like... I think the clear implication is that if he had his actual sword, he would have done this with his real sword. Yeah. And, like, tackle this kid and put the sword at his throat and threaten to cut off his hands. Yeah. Which... Well, he tells him all of the all of the punishments, which yeah. is, like, hanging and, and cutting off yeah. your hands and stuff and like that. And the movie sort of plays this as, like, a ha-ha, times have changed, ha huh, sort of moment. Yeah. But to me, it definitely through the tone really weird for him where we go from like the like beacon of truth and justice uh-huh. to like absolutely awful behavior and yeah. then everyone just sort of laughs it off yeah and i think that that is part of like the small town aesthetic that you get for like a mm-hmm. lot of christmas stories or even a yeah. lot of like you know cozies in general sure, like yeah. You have a small town, um, no one does crime because mm-hmm. everyone is, like, very quaint, so whenever actual crime does happen, it is, like, very harshly punished, mm-hmm. which has, you know, many problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially, you know, when people are doing, um, almost always, like, minor acts of criminal behavior, uh, to get to their ends or to, like, you know, things that they do, like, accidentally along the way. Like, you know, uh, Brooke hits this man with her car and a lot of, like, cozy mysteries and stuff. You have some breaking and entering and doing uh, various misdeeds. Um, But, you know, it's all justified in the end because it's for this, like, purpose of seeking out and eliminating this greater evil, Mm -hmm. which in this case is a kid who... Clearly, everyone in this town knows who yeah. stole a woman's pocketbook. Yeah, yeah. Probably chasing down and tackling the kid was was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But it's presented as like an act of valor and makes everyone like him. Yeah, it's presented as this like cute, yeah. quirky little thing that he does. So actually, this is about the violence of small town America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The secret truth of the night before Christmas. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty spicy. Yeah, yeah. Spicy little conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where to go from there? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You gotta have a. Do you have a? Do I have an equally hot take? Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about Allison, the homewrecker. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay, got it. I was trying to say womanizer, <laughs> which was not yeah. what I meant, yeah. but then I started imagining a movie where that was the case, and mm. I would watch that spinoff. That's fair. Um, yeah. Basically, I would watch all a night before Christmas spinoffs. <laughs> uh, so Allison, I, I really do think that Allison was made with a trope in mind, and they do subvert sure. that trope, yeah. which I think is like good. Like they mm-hmm. were clearly thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that they did examine Vanessa Hudgens also like villainizing the other woman or the idea of the other woman um because cole is like largely uninterested when she's like that's the girl he cheated on me with he kind of like just Mm -hmm. ignores that he's like oh i will like strike this man down for you and he just kind of like leaves the lady Mm -hmm. but i also think that that would have 
made Cole um, really weird if he also yeah. wanted to, like, fight this woman. Yeah, that would brought, that would feel less wholesome. Yeah, that would bring a really weird connotation to the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's she kind of, like, under the guise of, like, girl power is trying to be like, oh, love is bad which i i get that her boyfriend cheated on her but also like she has this really good example of true love like growing up like her parents had it yeah um and it seems like her sister has like a really nice relationship yeah she likes her brother in law and like they seem to be like pretty good parents even like sort of figuring out very quickly what to do with this magic puppy that appeared in their home i will say that i read well, I, I guess I think the movie disagreed with me at the end because she does have the conversation with the student where she like feels the need to walk it back. Mm-hmm. I think like in the original scene, I just didn't read it as like what she said as being quite so harsh as I think the movie was actually going for. Because like what I in, in was, regards to what in, in, like I didn't think she was saying like love isn't real. Yeah, I just thought she was saying like fairy tale love isn't real. Right, which is like still fair and something that I think she would mostly stand by. Yeah, that that's, like, a good message, and I think that, you know, that probably is a good thing, that um, mm-hmm. she was, like, advising this girl to, yeah. like, not, like it was good not fawn over this guy, especially yeah. when in the movie it's, like, clearly affecting her grades because she's yeah. just, like, so heartbroken yeah. over it. Um, but I think that what she was trying to get at is perfect situations aren't real, but love is real, which is, like, the yeah. slightly more nuanced take. Yeah. I guess, like, I just didn't, like, I thought it was weird when Vanessa Hudgens' character felt the need to, like, tell the student and, like, deliberately walk back the advice she gave. Yeah. Because I thought the advice she gave was good advice and, like, Yeah, and it came to a good outcome. Like, she came over and she was like, can I have some extra credit? I told this guy to take a hike. And I'm like, that's that's good. And then Vanessa Hudgens was like, fairy tale love does exist. And I'm like, well. Just, like, take the win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you and Cole have known each other for, like, a couple days at this yeah. point. Like, you know, he's going, maybe he snores. We don't know yet. Yeah. Like, there's going to yeah. be some some sort of conflict there that isn't going to feel like a fairy tale. But, you know, ultimately, maybe this is your, like, true love. Like, true love maybe in some capacity does exist, but it doesn't mean that everything's easy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that if things are harder than they are, like, easier, if it just not doesn't become worth it, that's something that, you know, people have to learn. And obviously this girl and presumably her first relationship doesn't quite have the needle right on, like, where to dial that in. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's why she needs role models like mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens. Poor Vanessa Hudgens. She was just having a day. Like, she found yeah. out time travel was real. Also, how quickly she accepted that Cole really was time traveling, mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of agree with Cole, like, wow, this this other guy did a number on your self-esteem because she's just, like, totally willing to rewrite reality yeah. because he's like, yes, I did time travel. And it only mm-hmm. takes her, like, a day before she's, like, he said he did. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. And everyone else is trying to tell her, like, maybe he's just, like, a medieval enthusiast and his brain is just sort mm-hmm. of scrambled right now. Which is a good explanation. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but she's like, no, he said that maybe... If we maybe like everything that we, well, God, what did he say? It was like reality is not just everything that you perceive. Yeah. Which I also think is like okay, but Vanessa Hudgens seems to work in extremes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that was an interesting choice the movie made was they decided to be extremely explicit 
about the time travel really, really is real. Mm-hmm. Like we, we like, well, especially I think it's significant that they the movie opens in like the 14th century, right? And then jumps forward, right? So, so it's like, like obviously, like you could read this as like he's as like Cole's delusional, mm-hmm. but like you'd have to really, really want to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like the movie, like really pushes you to like. Right, so we this are is already now. Yeah, yeah. Like it makes it about as clear as it can that like. But this it is also not... doesn't matter if Vanessa Hudgens believes it or not. Like it's yeah. it's irrelevant because she likes him. So it's ultimately irrelevant if yeah. you know he really is from that time or she just likes this guy. Yeah. Like you know she just yeah. likes him for who he is. He doesn't have to actually be a knight and actually be mm. correct in all these things. Yeah. Like he could just have been hit by her car and be, like, concussed right now. And that's, like, what, if I, like, or at least a different, like, filmmaker making this movie, like, I could easily see them making making the choice to leave it ambiguous. Right. Whether he's actually time-traveling or if it's, like, he's just, like, kind of delusional about it. Yeah. Because you could very easily tweak this movie very slightly and have it ambiguous, and then, like, the viewer can decide. So to riff off that, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, genre expectation. So you were just saying that um, the movie very like explicitly told us that he was in fact time traveling. Mm -hmm. And I almost wonder if that is just because it is a Christmas movie. Because in Christmas movies, you usually don't leave things like that super ambiguous. Um, Typically it's Santa Claus. Like we will see Santa Claus and we will see that children are right and correct for believing in Santa Claus because they have evidence of it. And it's just a matter of making everyone else believe that evidence and that leads to the true meaning of christmas in most cases um that's sometimes true i I definitely know there's other times where you'll get like a man in a beard like winks and that's like all we get and it's like left to us to figure out like what it means you know what i mean right and then we have so that is like miracle on 34th street syndrome (laughs) where it's like how real is belief yeah um And I think that most movies don't necessarily go into that because, you know, they're they're generally marketed towards children. So we get with, like, the big ones being, like, um, Elf, we have the Santa Claus, a bunch of different movies Mm -hmm. like that. We, like, explicitly see what's going on. Um, We have movies, even, like, ones marketed towards adults, like um, It's Wonderful Life. We we very clearly see that there's, like, a real angel and these things, like, really do happen. Um, and we see that, you know, uh, you can argue that it was all in his head, whatever, but then we do get that, like, signal at the end that this all did really happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that you can file that under genre expectation. Okay. I think that would have been interesting the other way to, uh, do the Miracle on 34th Street thing, where it's, like, is the important part if he's really Santa Claus or is the important part that we are able to believe things? Mm. What I'm saying is that Cole is Santa Claus and gave her the puppy. <laughs> um, Cole is Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who... I want to know who gave her the puppy. That's why I want to know. Christmas magic. Is this going to be addressed in the sequel? Are we going to find out that Sir Jeffrey has been time traveling and is trying to signal Mm. it to them through the puppy? (laughs) I don't know. Uh. I was about to say a Star Wars thing, but then I'm like, probably not Mm. everyone has seen it, so I'm not going to say it. So the last thing I want to talk about, unless there's something else you want to talk about. Go ahead for now. Okay. So um, do you think this movie is like pure uncut Christmas movie? Or do you think, 
as you can read on projectderail.com, my whole guide to this, that it is uh, Christmas adjacent, because I don't think it would be incidentally Christmas. I think it would be yeah. at least Christmas adjacent. I think it's clearly a Christmas movie. I mean, it has Christmas in the name. Um, but they don't learn the meaning of Christmas. They learn about love. True. Which is the argument that most people give for love, actually, that they don't... Mm-hmm learn the meaning of Christmas, they learn the meaning of love, and, like, what love means to, you know, these different units of people. True. Well, okay. I guess part of it is that the clear, the clear tradition under which they're operating is, like, the Hallmark movie. Yeah. So, I, I guess the question then becomes, like, are Hallmark movies Christmas movies, or are they Christmas adjacent, under your, like, sort of nomenclature? Um, I think that Hallmark movies more, cl- so... The closest Mm -hmm. thing on Netflix that we would have to a Hallmark movie would be, like, The Christmas Prince, where it does have romantic elements, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is about Christmas and the magic of Christmas. Um, The crone was not sending him through time because of the magic of Christmas. Mm -hmm. She was sending him through time because he needed to prove his real knighthood mm. which is not necessarily a christmas thing so i i could, yeah. i wouldn't say that people are like wrong if they call this like you know a pure christmas movie but mm-hmm. i can also see the argument that this is just like christmas adjacent because i don't think it would be fundamentally changed if you had it at any other time of year well there's certain elements you wouldn't have like because the christmas feast plays such a big role in the plot but you could just make that a charity gala yeah. like, like a fundraising gala you could you wouldn't have the bit where like they all pitch in to get um the one guy's yeah, yeah. Kids you wouldn't Christmas have that. presents, but that is like set aside from the rest of the plot it doesn't really matter that yeah way. and you do have like hints of santa with the puppy yeah um but i think like the core of the movie the heart of the movie is like not really christmas it's more of like a romantic comedy yeah, yeah. um i i do think it has like very very strong christmas elements though yeah. it's, it's certainly more of a christmas movie than like die hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would probably rank it like around like wherever home alone sits yeah i think so too it's like right around home alone mm-hmm. um because again home alone well you would especially in home alone 2 lost in new york you would need it to be set during the winter because they do use like ice and, and yeah, things like that yeah. Um, but you could just as easily have it, you know, be any other time of year. Yeah. But there are, like, a bunch of Christmas elements to Certainly it. Certainly a lot of Christmas iconography. Yeah, there's a lot of Christmas yeah. iconography. Um, but you can even have that in movies that are just, like, incidentally Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Mean Girls or mm-hmm. whatever that just kind of, mm-hmm. like, feature Christmas for a second and move on. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah I, I think that this is, like, kind of in between... A just straight up Christmas movie and like a Christmas adjacent movie like you have with like Love Actually Die Hard mm-hmm. you know stuff like that did you like it do you would you yeah. recommend people watch it yeah if you're into this kind of if this is like your kind of trash check it out it's yeah fun. yeah I, I think people yeah. should watch it if they like want, if, you, like, if you hear the premise and like it sounds fun you'll like it yeah if it sounds like the worst thing in the world you probably won't yeah. like it <laughs> yeah i'm just excited that we now have the netflix christmas cinematic universe me too and i'm just excited for when like the christmas prince and like our knight and the winter soldier all team up to fight thanos <laughs> you know what was weird though this this had like a much higher production quality i felt than um a christmas prince 
Just gonna throw that out there. Did seem very like on point. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if like Vanessa Hudgens has the inside scoop on like how to keep people's makeup on. That's that's like the problem I have Mm -hmm. with the Christmas Prince is the makeup is like very weird, and I don't really understand why. Like it looks like it's like partially wiped off in some places, or like they've had it on for like very long periods of time. Um, I also something I like more than a Christmas Prince is I think that. Brooke and Cole had really excellent chemistry and you see why they like each other and you like kind of feel for Cole too even though we're spending a much shorter amount of time with him than Brooke is I can see why she's fallen for this guy not to the point that she's going to like marry him right away or anything but that she would be like super into this guy in such a short amount of time whereas like a Christmas prince like I just sort of don't like him (laughs) um I, if I was going to offer a reason for why this movie, the production, seemed much higher quality than Christmas Prince, mm-hmm. I'm not like a filmmaker, so grain of salt, but it seems to me that with Christmas Prince, the production for that would be, have to be much, much more elaborate, because there's like a, way more characters, yeah. and like way more different like sets, yeah, and like they're locations like in a castle. they need, yeah. yeah, so like there's... Like, it's much more ambitious in a lot of ways, but my guess is that the budget was still pretty low, because the whole point of this for Netflix is to, like, get these things out there on, like, and get, like, a return on investment. Yeah. So, probably the Christmas Prince production had to cut a lot of corners and be very rushed to, like, get right. it all done. Whereas this movie seems more written from the ground up to require very little money to be done just right. Yeah. Because, like, the whole thing, like, you need, like, the Christmas castle set and, like... You need, like, the insides of their houses and, like, random neighborhoods, which seems yeah. like they could film that pretty easily and then, in Canada, like, which is not terribly expensive to film yeah, it. Yeah, and then, like, wherever they did, like, the feast, they needed yeah. like, a set for that. But, like, overall, like, the number of sets and their right. complexity and is, like, And even the really castle, wild. you see the castle for a couple minutes because most of medieval yeah. times takes place in it's the just, woods. like, in the woods. Yeah. yeah. So you just need, like, the ability to, like, get something castle-looking in the background. And, yeah. And then, like, some fun night costumes that you can put together for, you know, a few hundred dollars if you know a good LARPer. <laughs> yeah, just, uh... Just call the local mm-hmm. SCA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll hook you up. Yeah. Um, so that's what it seemed to me was that this movie was much more carefully written to let them, you know, like have a really easy streamlined production, which I'm sure helps get much more enthusiastic performances out of your actors. Right. And they're like constantly being rushed around to do like random Christmas bullshit yeah. all over Aldovia. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of... Um makeup though going back to my previous point i thought it was really funny in the movie we didn't talk about it earlier Mm -hmm. but um i thought it was hilarious when she comes down in her uh dinner outfit which is like a very nice dress and she has her hair done Mm -hmm. and stuff and he is like totally bowled over Mm -hmm. by her and i was like she looks as about as hot as she has the (laughs) whole movie and i think that vanessa hudgens is a very beautiful woman so that's not like an insult but i'm like you knew she was hot cole come on (laughs) But anyway, that's uh, Night Before Christmas, yeah, and also maybe. a lot of a Christmas prince. <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, you have anything else to say, Thomas? No. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckbeak Humboldt. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer.
Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> projectderailed.com